0: dumbo hi how are you um i don't know i don't know if you can hear a lot of things in my background my little brother is taking a shower am i supposed to tell you that (laughs) i don't know (laughs) poor three-year-old boy i have totally told the universe whoever listens to this anyway that he's in the washroom (laughs) can be a really noisy little boy but we love him so much um hi hi how are you i am so grateful to god that you're here my name is laura Atim, and this is laura uncensored welcome to laura uncensored and welcome to another session of our visit in Rome and how much we have, we and I particularly, have fallen in love with the book of Rome. Um, Wow. This, what I'm going to share today is my most, I don't know, it it led me to tears when I first read it because you see I struggled so much with understanding the law and the faith in Jesus Christ and like to to really get what I have in Jesus Christ and what I have received through his death like I understood he loved us for God so loved the world and you know he died and everything but it had never really sunk in me why I should give my entire life to him why like like why why Jesus yeah ah so i'm so excited to step into this and share romance three we're going to do the entire romance three and i'm going to try my best to keep it you know as short as i can hopefully we can do only like 20 minutes or at the very most 30 yeah but i hope you enjoy this i cannot wait to share i'm so excited and yeah I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, for sharing, for coming, and for just being with me here. Y'all are awesome. All right, so we're already two minutes in. Let's step right into Romans 3. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each and every person who is right now listening to this and who, who you have led this audio, this podcast to. I know for a fact that the same way this pod this journey through Rome when I first when I read the book of Romans seeking understanding brought so much transformation to me and I, I pray the very same happens to whoever is listening to this may you be blessed totally and completely blessed by this amen thank you Jesus thank you so much ah, God is so good guys God is so good ah. <laughs> alright so Romans 3 begins by saying what advantage then is there in being a Jew or what value is there in circumcision much than Paul Paul is one who wrote the book of Romans goes on to say much in every way first of all they have been entrusted with the very words of God all right so first of all I would love to encourage you whenever you're reading the Bible and you don't understand anything the internet oh my goodness wow all you need to do is just type in like the verse and you know ask for its meaning or ask for a commentary, oh God, it will really help you and you know it really helped me as well being able to prepare this so um when he talks about this talks about how um so in in chapter two you know um Paul had really bashed the Jews eh? <laughs> in their generally being so self righteous and you know at the end of it he was talking about circumcision you know circumcision for them was something that shows that you know you are jew that shows that that um, it was a covenant i don't know a sort of covenant that sealed your i don't know how to say it your belonging to god something like that i guess (laughs) that i would say and so At this point, the entire chapter 3, most of it is like Paul having a dialogue with himself, with an imaginary person asking him question after question, because it seemed as though the things that Paul was sharing were so blasphemous. Listen, I'm talking about a time where um, there was... Uh, people had been following laws and rules and you know there were you know the Pharisees who felt they were so on top and people who are thinking that only by you know practicing these laws will you be I don't know saved or will you seem like someone who is clean and vindicated and then Jesus comes hmm, dies for our sin and claims that that's like that is the way Like everything has been catered for what? So for most people, this new kind of teaching seemed like serious blasphemy. So I guess Paul was in a position where there were just so many questions being asked. And so this is him and so many, so much rebuke, I guess, as well. And So this is like a dialogue he's having with himself, with an imaginary person questioning him on different points that people kept talking about. And so the first point in verses 1 and 2 talks about circumcision. So they're asking him, so now does, like, it doesn't mean that circumcision doesn't matter. Because at the end of chapter 2, he was talking, if you've listened to my previous podcast, please do listen to I Fell in Love in Rome, part 3. So this is part 4. And talks about how... How he was saying that a man is not a Jew outwardly if he has just circumcised, you know. He's a Jew like inwardly by circumcision of the heart as in you're transformed inside you and not outside you just showing face that you're transformed, but you're inside as well. Your heart is transformed. So they were asking him, so now what is the value of circumcision? And he say, and he was telling them that you are valuable in every way. He said, much in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. Like, it was beautiful for them to be Jews. I mean, you are entrusted with the very word of God, which has come to save the entire world. You know, so I guess that was something important for, for him to tell them that... Because you need to recognize the value that you have in having been entrusted with the Word of God. Yeah? it's just like us now um say you've given your life to christ and now you've gotten to understand more about jesus christ in his word and whatnot so you just record like there's so much value i hold in just by the fact that i have the word i have the saving knowledge of jesus christ and i can go out and tell more people about it and give it freely to everyone so that everyone can know about jesus christ and be saved as well so i guess it's the same thing for them i mean they had the, like the, the original story. I mean, Abraham, whatnot, all through to the coming of Jesus Christ. It's so rich. It's so blessed. It's so beautiful to have that. Yeah, so that was the first thing Paul was addressing. And then the next thing Paul was addressing, uh, chapter 3 goes on to say, What if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true and every man a liar as it is written so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge so this was um bringing out a point of um what if some did not have faith you know what if some people were not faith i don't know did not have faith were not faithful will that will that will their lack of faith nullify god's faithfulness and he's saying no God will continue to be faithful. God continues to be faithful, even when we are faithless. And the thing that each of us should know is even when we decide not to have faith in Jesus Christ, that's that's an entire thing that's on us, like we're talking about in in Romans 2, you know, and Romans 1, God has revealed himself to us. And in, in Romans 2, I was telling you that it's basically saying that God is going to be a very just God. That when you step before him, there is absolutely... You don't even need witnesses to come because God is all-knowing. He he will literally tell you how he showed himself to you. And you knew that it was him showing himself to you. And you blatantly rejected him. Yeah. So anyway, verse 3 was talking about how God will continue being faithful, you know. Even if some people are not faithful, just like how it is in the world right now, the sun shines on all of us, it rains, you know, he continues to be God. He continues to be himself, unchanging, loving, and always seeking after us and trying to do good for his children. But it is us in the end who say yes or no to him. He gave us that much freedom. There's a time when someone was trying to explain to me love, I think I was doing discipleship class at Watoto Church in like my second year on campus. And um, I was talking about how if someone held a gun to you or closed you indoors, you know, and held you captive in the name of protecting you from whatever out there and told you that they loved you and stopped you from doing anything that you loved or desired, would you actually have felt loved? But if they gave you freedom, but then accepted you tried to give you proper direction like they cherished who you were and tried to use everything that you were to just help you be a better person and they gave you freedom to choose them wouldn't that be love you know that's something for us to think about Hmm. something for us to think about oh god i'm so excited i keep like going through this and i'm thinking we're getting to like juicier but (laughs) but yeah so god will continue to be faithful you know Cause that's just who he is, and it even brought me to thinking about this other part that he said, not in verse four, not at all. Let God be true, and every man a liar. So God will continue to be true. He will, (laughs) he will continue to be true, and he will continue to be faithful. He'll continue to be a just God. That's just how he is, and I think a lot of us are going to be surprised when we get to heaven, you know, and see how how much we we how much we did or did not do things like that and just be able to face someone who is so just in every single way and everything that he does yeah so be really beautiful because he will really see your heart and he will have known the true intention of your heart so i guess the one thing to do in christianity is just not focus on people but just keep our eyes fixed on god keep our hearts fixed on jesus christ and even when you fall and fail he will see how much you tried because he knows your heart you know he knows the circumcision of the heart that you had on your inside there's a part where uh, i think it's in corinthians where paul was saying that you know he has a thorn in his flesh and something that he keeps doing which he doesn't want to do but then And he feels so weak. And then I think the verse goes on to say something about um, God saying that his grace is sufficient for us in our weaknesses. And I don't know, regardless of the back and forth we have with sin and how much we struggle with it. Like when God sees your heart and knows how your heart has desired for him. Like I think it's just beautiful, like that we will not be judged by works by what it's seen, what it looks like on the outside, but by by what is actually in our inside, so I guess what I'm saying is work on your inside, you know, work on your inside, on your heart, reflecting God, and how do you do that by seeking God, by reading his word, by just endeavour to be with him every day, and He will be the one to transform you slowly you'll just bloom into something really beautiful ah yeah so let's get back before i I over (laughs) digressed back to verse five that goes on to say but if our unrighteousness brings out god's righteousness more clearly what shall we say that god is unjust in bringing his wrath on us i am using human argument certainly not if that was so, how could God judge the world? Someone, some, someone might argue. If my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? Why not say, as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and as some claim that we say, Let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is deserved." So here Paul is talking about another situation how okay people have recognized so God is faithful yeah and it seems like the more I do evil his glory will reign do you know people will see people will see how good God is or oh God's glory through my wickedness and even if I am bad it will co- he will continue to be good so why not? why can't I just be the way I want to and Paul at the end of it was saying mm-hmm. that other people Was slanderously claiming that that was sort of preaching that Paul and his people were giving. Because it says in verse 8, why not say, as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result. And you know, I feel like Paul at this point just said, you know what, let their condemnation, their condemnation is deserved if you're having such thought lines and thinking that you can just live the way you want to and you can claim that people are preaching that you can they can live the way they want to slanderously preaching that then your condemnation is just, it's deserved and I think you who's living a life like that even you know that what you're doing is wrong Even you know in your heart that that is not right. That that's not the way we are meant to live. Even you know that that's not the way. That's not the kind of life that Jesus Christ showed us. If anything, he showed us that we ought to be good. If anything, he showed us that we ought to live lives... That bring glory, honor, and praise to God through our kindness, because that's who He was. He was kind. He was loving. He wasn't sinning, and yet he wasn't sinning, and and um, I don't know how can I say it using His um, His glory to back up His His sinning, and the same way even mm-hmm. as we should not sin and keep relying and claiming that we are just going to rely on the righteousness of jesus christ just like that ideally desiring god being with him should transform our insides do you know why we are called christians i mean the the very part that has the word christ our lives after believing in him should be exemplary of him There should be lives that he would say yeah this is my follower you know, this is the person who is following me so if you have been living in your mind thinking that Christ's sacrifice has given you liberty to sin that is a completely false doctrine, do not believe it Christ's sacrifice we are going to see it I think around Romans 6 as we keep going, Christ's sacrifice ideally makes us in fact dead to sin not dead to sin in the In the sense that it just... Okay, how can I say it? Christ's sacrifice and our leaning on him and looking to him gives us the strength to say no to sin. Gives us the strength to recognize that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and live apart from sin. We can say no to it. It doesn't have to have a hold on us. It doesn't have to have a home because we are under new leadership. We've gotten a brand new leader who is in complete control of this new life and who gives us new direction. So we no longer follow sin because we are under someone new, someone who lived holy. So that's how we should also be desiring to live in a way that brings honor and glory to the name of God through our rightful living. Anyway, so um, (laughs) verse 9 goes on to say, what shall we conclude then are we any better not at all we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin you know the heading of this part starts by saying the heading is no one is righteous you know and Paul has the humility in fact in verse 9 to say to people, but what shall we conclude? Are we any better than those people who are literally blaspheming God by thinking that they can live the way they want to? He says, no, we're not any better because we have already made that charge that Jews and Gentiles, all of us, that's meaning generally all of us, are all under sin. Then he goes on to say, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This part just really makes me emotional in fact. Because Paul Is spelling out generally what the world looks like and what the world continues to look like over and over, you know? Generations have come and gone and we have remained like this. In other words, we are sinners. It doesn't matter who you are and you're listening to this. You probably thought one of these thoughts yesterday. You may have lied to someone yesterday because he's saying their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Which are things that we do. Hmm? We don't really, really fully seek God. You know? Because seeking something is like searching it out. Pursuing it every day. Even me, Laura, here, who is sharing the gospel with you. Who does the, the least that I can do to share the gospel with you. I'm not perfect in any way. I'm not perfect. Just thinking about how it's saying, just how the world is. I want you to just see just how dark we are just how lost we are we are and were and how impossible it was for us to save ourselves because of the sinful nature that we just have yeah and so it goes into in verse 19 now we know that whatever the law says it says to those that are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God verse 20 goes on to say therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law rather through the law we become conscious of sin so the law ideally I think came to help us know what is right and wrong Hmm? So that we don't do wrong, and we do right. However, because of our sinful nature, people kept falling. People kept falling, and rather than the law bringing any sort of salvation, it bring it. Sorry, it brought the clarity that we are sinners. If anything, the law condemned us. Continuously told it just showed us how wrong we were, and how wrong we continue to be because. Paul was saying from verse 9 to 18 that no one, no one is righteous. Absolutely no one. He even included himself. He said, what shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Because he knows himself. He knows all of us in the whole world and just how we live and how dark the world is and how we seem so accustomed to sinning. Hmm? And do you know what the wages of sin are? Death. Death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And in the past, I've listened to several sermons that talked about how they had to sacrifice animals. There had to be some sort of blood shed, you know, for their sins to be forgiven. In the past, something had to die. Something had to die. or Some, some blood had to be shed for there to be purification from sin. And it had to be continuously done Because people would always sin. Always sin. And then God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him. Shall have eternal life. He brought his son. Who died for our sins. Once and for all. And gave us freedom from death through eternal life that now even when we die because we believe in Jesus Christ we're able to live forever after this after this world that just feels doomed but we can return to him, to his glorious presence and have eternity in purity <sighs> see let me first read for you verse 21 but now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and prophets testify the righteousness from God this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He did this to demonstrate... Sorry, let me go to that part. But through faith in His blood and so it was a situation Yeah, we were doomed there was absolutely no way we were going to make it because we have a sinful nature so we are going to keep sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning and the wages of sin is death and death is going to be like nothing that we could do to save ourselves from us so God said no Why don't I send my son, my only son, so he can come, die for my children, shed his blood on the cross, and each and every one of them, just by believing in his blood that has set them free, will be set free. And afterwards, they will have eternal life. But then they don't have to, only have to depend on the life they have here on the earth. But they can depend on the promise that they have eternal life. I don't know. It gets me so emotional. I'm just thinking, think about how stuck we were, you know and how we just couldn't measure up and so god on his own accord decides to say you go and jesus says yes for people who who rejected him but he said it's okay let me go so i can save them from themselves Because I don't want them to live like this anymore. Because I see that they are doomed. There's nothing they can do. They've tried, they've tried, they've tried. But they just can't meet the standard. But I can meet the standard for them. I can give them my righteousness. Righteousness means like right living. Like upright living. Living right in all ways. So he gave us his standard. That we may live by his standard of we are living on his name we are living on his righteousness we are living on his goodness it's like working in a company hmm? and you do I don't know you do so much wrong but when you face like say your boss in the company that guy who is excellent in every way is the one who stands in your place think about that you kept failing you kept failing you couldn't do well you tried but you couldn't do so well and then this guy says no 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 it's okay i'm going to take that place and if ever he's looking to he will judge you through through me through my ability to defeat this world And all you have to do is lean on me, look at me, lean on me, and I will show you how to live. I will instruct you. I won't even leave you alone. I will send you the Holy Spirit. Because I never, even when I leave this workplace where we are working, I never want you to be alone. I never want you to feel alone. I want you to always know you have an instructor and a guide. And I also want you to know that every single time you fail, you can come right back to me. You can depend on my righteousness and I will cleanse you once more and it will be like you did nothing just the way it is like I did. Just the way I did nothing. Can you imagine that? Someone making that huge a sacrifice for us. (sighs) I think the part that comforts me most is knowing that I I don't have to depend on this world. You know, that I can live here and I'm living in this world by His strength. And not only that, I have another life to look forward to. I'll give my best here and every time I fail, I'll turn to Him and I will look for, look to His strength and His record and His ability. And at the same time, Even after that, he not only gave me his name, his righteousness, all the good deeds that he did, he also gave me a life after. Just like how I'm using the analogy of a workplace, even when I leave this workplace, he's going to take me to an even better workplace where I don't even have to fight for a name where I already belong. Jesus Christ, who has such a love? it's when I thought of this and when I read this that I realized why my whole life had to be for Jesus. Because he, def- he defeated death for me. I don't have to struggle to work so hard to put my name up there to raise it but I raise it on his standard. And every time I fall I can lean on him. It was too much for me. And I said to myself, Laura, you have to tell the world about romance. I'm sorry, I'm trying so hard not to cry. <laughs> but then I know that this is Laura and Censored and I have to, you know, I, I feel in my heart I must say it as it is and how I understood it in my heart. So that I I don't I don't want you to take lightly what you have. I want you to know that all you have to do is believe and receive what I have. Because it's there for the giving. Jesus wants to give it to you. He wants you simply to believe in him. And after that, when you believe in him, you will not only have eternal life, but you will have a guide throughout this life. That no matter what hits you, you'll have the promise of knowing, Wait, I have eternal life. And no matter what hits you, you'll be able to know that you can depend on his righteousness. And no matter what hits you, you can rise from it. And you can always be better. You can make the world as beautiful a place as Jesus made it. Because he now lives in you. You can pray for people when they are healed. You can encourage people. You can be a light. No, no part of your story can ever be put to shame when you put it in Jesus' hands. And you will become so beautiful. Gosh. And every single part of you will bloom because your story is now written by someone so perfect. (sighs) Give your life to God. Give your life to God. If you're listening to this and you felt convicted, and now you have come to the understanding of what Jesus has given you and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. I just want you to believe it in your heart that Jesus Christ came and died and gave his life for you and confess as well that you believe in him that he is the son of god that he came and died for your sins and then afterwards know that you have received it that's all you're saved you just need to believe it nothing more doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what you've done that enough just believe just believe and your faith is what will save you. Your faith in Him, in Him, in His blood and what it did for you is what will save you. And afterwards, text me. Find me. My name is Laura Tim. Or if you look for me on like Facebook, sorry, Instagram or Twitter, if you search for Laura Uncensored, you'll find me. And find me on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Look for me i'd really love to help you to just keep walking in this new faith to help you find a church you can plug yourself into to help you just desire to start reading the word of god because it's what will bring you the true understanding and salvation that you desire and need to know so let me continue he goes on to say it's around verse 25 mid through verse 25 it says he did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand and punished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just. And the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. I read somewhere in a commentary and it had this statement that said justification solves the problem of man's guilt before a righteous judge and redemption solves the problem of man's slavery to sin the world and the devil so we were enslaved to sin, enslaved to the world enslaved to the devil it's okay. and uh, Jesus redeemed us from that we no longer had to be slaves to sin right now in my life there are so many things i've let go of i constantly say here that i struggled with sexual impurity even as a christian but the more that i've been in christ the thing is don't give up on yourself if you fall get back up and look back at jesus because that's what he gave you constant redemption so if you fail get back up if you fail get back up if he will lead you Just, just to the right place until you find your redemption until about a month or so ago i struggled with sexual impurity and then and then god led me to a woman of god who spoke such truth to me and now i have do you know closed the case put a padlock in it and given god the key and told him you open this on my wedding day and i'm done i don't even struggle with the thoughts anymore If they come, I trust them because now I know who I am. Ah, Keep in Christ. You will see yourself change. Keep there. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep in Christ. Keep there. Keep going. He will lead you. Um. So let me now finish. Verse 27 says, Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that observing the law? No. But on that of faith. So now, We cannot boast in our works we cannot boast in just simply how generous we are and the things that we do the works that we have should be as a result of the joy love that we have found in jesus christ that we just want to spread our gospel shouldn't be generosity our gospel should be Jesus Christ. Even when you give to people, do whatever it takes to, to sit them down and say, I've given you this because Christ changed my life. I want to lead you to believe in Jesus Christ. See, as a church, a lot of us have watered down the gospel of telling people about Jesus Christ. We, we, we are telling people about works. We are telling them about be kind, this and this. Blah, blah, blah. All of that is as a result of finally realizing what you received in Jesus Christ. Then it all pours out. Because trust me, someone who hasn't done any work, do you know any work, can say today, I believe in Jesus Christ and they die that instant and they'll be in heaven. Just the same way the, the thief who was right besides Jesus believed in him and Christ said, after this you're coming with me to paradise. Did he deserve it? In your mind, did he deserve it? No. But that is grace. That's just what we... That is all we believe after believing that transformation continues to come so long as you keep Jesus Christ as your main focus and you really appreciate this gift that he has given you and so you begin to drum it down everyone's mind that I want you to believe in Jesus Christ because it's Jesus Christ knowing him that has redeemed me and made me no longer a slave to sin. Sin is no longer what leads me. Pornography is no longer what leads me. Addictions are no longer what leads me. Alcohol is no longer what leads me. Bitterness is no longer what leads me, but Christ, his nature, his righteousness, his way of life is what I follow. And so, goes on to say, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Is God the God of the Jews only? He is He not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes. Of the Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that very same faith, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. So, in short, we've understood and summarized that. Um this part i read in a commentary just talking about how sometimes we struggle to ask ourselves does the coming of jesus now nullify the law and everything in the old testament no 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 if anything it up it upholds it why because it tells the whole it it tells the whole story of jesus christ it prophesies his coming it is so rich in fact we should read the Old Testament and just relish really it because it is so beautiful because everything about Christianity comes down to one man Jesus Christ so it foretold of this righteousness that was coming in fact we should uphold it find it beautiful because it even the, like the existence of the law brought the need for our salvation through Jesus Christ because it couldn't save us now jesus saves us and now we get a new life where we do not continue to live to willingly i could say live in sin but we willingly live through jesus christ in his righteousness and we depend on him to continue to make us a beautiful creation praise the lord i am so glad that we have shared today again if you've given your life to god please reach out to me. If you have been convicted in any way by this, please reach out to me. I just, I'm here. I'm here. In any way, if you want to just send, send this to whoever you think needs to listen to this, if, I don't know, what whatever you feel convicted in your heart, reach out to me. Please do. If you want me to share this anywhere, I, don't, I really don't care where you take me. <laughs> if you want me to share this you know with your family i don't know if you want me to share this on radio i don't any way for someone to just know and if you've learned something right now and your eyes have been opened share tell people about the true gospel tell people about the true gospel of jesus christ all right i love you guys so much thank you for listening i tried to remain 30 minutes but lol we could not (laughs) use 30 minutes but I'm still grateful even if they're 40 I hope someone gets to listen to this and pays attention and just sees how rich we are because of Jesus Christ I love you so much I'm praying for you may God just lead you closer to him amen I love you bye reach out to me please please okay bye bye (laughs)